You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for another practice report presented by Buyers Auto. That is Tim May. I am Spencer Holbrook. We are Letterman Row. Tim, uh, we, we are Letterman Row. Yeah, I like well, uh, coming off of the Penn State uh, game, I thought I could start it with that. You know, we are Penn State. We are Letterman Row. Uh, behind us, uh, the folks in Northwestern claim we are Chicago's Big Ten team. I think 13 other programs beg to differ. Uh, but Ohio State Northwestern kickoff at noon on Saturday on ABC. Noon Eastern time. 11, 11 Central, 11 local time. Our alarms will be going off pretty early to get to the Ryan Very Field for so. that one. Uh, we'll be there, of course, Tim, but we're going to preview it for now. Uh, Ryan Day just spoke to the media, uh, as did Jim Knowles and wide receivers coach Brian Hartline. A lot to learn from those guys, Tim, Those talented, uh, that talented trio of coaching. And a lot of questions to Ryan Day about uh, not play calling, but offensive philosophy, a little bit of, of tendencies. I asked him about uh, running out of the pistol, which I know a lot of fans wanted folks to ask about. So, you know, sometimes you oblige because they, if the fans are curious about it, that means they want to read about it. So I asked about it. Uh, a lot to learn, Tim, the bottom line. I'll let you handle that go, part. Go ahead, Tim, your biggest well, takeaway. My, my, my three biggest takeaways were uh, when uh, when uh, he was asked about the availability or, or the the long-term or short-term availability of like Mayan Williams. He, uh, it, well, mainly about Mayan Williams and the injury he suffered falling into that stupid uh, 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 chain gang stake, which mm -hmm. wasn't pulled out of the way for, or at least pulled out of the way in time. Hurt his right, basically his right arm uh, and stuff. And, you know, I think the ice on his knee is more of a thing that they do every, after every game, because that, yeah. that might have been what, what kept him out of even making the trip to Michigan State a few weeks ago. But uh, as Ryan Day said, the best thing I could say is it's not serious, meaning the injury, the bump that he suffered there, but it was, it was, it was serious enough for them to put his arm in the sling uh, for that second half and him not play anymore. Then another one was uh, uh, when asked whether Ohio State deserves to be in the college football playoff top four tonight when it's revealed, the first college football playoff rankings of the year. He goes, absolutely. But that's kind of like saying the sun is hot. Yeah. You know, that's not uh, that profound. But then uh, – with uh, uh, Brian Hartline, the wide receivers coach, you know, passing game, helps design the passing game, was asked uh, whether, I'm paraphrasing here, whether we'll see uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba in a uh, significant role again for this offense sometime this year. And uh, uh, what's his level of confidence? He says, I have a huge level of confidence. So, and, and Ryan Day expressed pretty much the same feelings when he was asked about him, because obviously Ryan Day doesn't, and uh, it, it is getting even more steadfast about not revealing much about injuries, if anything at all, until that uh, availability report is released on Saturday mornings. Um, but I think those are all uh, two. Those two things are about the two players involved, Mayan Williams and Jackson with the Jigba, are encouraging as November rolls on. Yeah, I agree, Tim. And getting Jackson back would just be icing on the cake at this point. You know, Ryan Day did say that more like a candle. He says he said that he. Definitely feels confident that they can win a championship without him. They can reach those goals without him. But they really want him back still. That's the bottom line. And then Mayan Williams, I'm not really sure 
if you can without Mayan Williams uh, because of the what he's meant to this running game. When when he's been in the game where he's been changing it up, the pace with Trayvon Henderson, when both of those guys are running the ball, this offense is better. It just is. And and when he's not in there to change the pace up or to to deliver a different kind of, of body blow to a linebacker or a safety trying to tackle him to make those shifty moves, this running game kind of suffers. And so let me interject. I'm not interrupting. I'm interjecting. I thought the fact that Travion Henderson answered the bell all day on Saturday, especially after Mayan Williams went out, was a huge stepping stone for Travion Henderson in this offense. And it finally, they finally got the crack they were looking for, and he took it to the house. Go ahead. I agree. It kind of felt like the Penn State game last year, Tim, where yeah. they just kept going at it and kept going at it. Uh, and then finally a crease opened, and you saw what Travion Henderson was able to do with the but crease. But that's why you keep going at it and going at it. Uh, yeah. One yard, two yards, no yards, and then boom. So it seems like every week, Tim, we've got a little bit of uh, injury rep- injury news to report, but there wasn't really much to report today. Ryan Day, like you said, it's keeping football. it pretty quiet on the injury front, making sure not to reveal much. Uh, would hate to ha- for Northwestern to have the upper hand on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, if that's the policy, that's the policy, and that's the policy. So uh, beyond the injury stuff, talk to Jim Knowles about uh, JT Tuimolowau's performance, obviously. Uh, got some insight from him from a question that I had asked him about, not ask you, but asked comma Tim comma about, uh, to Jim Knowles about JT Tuimolowau and his ability to drop into coverage, how much, how athletic you have to be to be able to do that and how much trust you have to have in defensive ends to play in coverage. Really insightful stuff there from Jim Knowles. Check that out later this week on lettermanrow.com. But overall, it just felt like this is a pretty confident football team right now it feels good about itself but it's not getting too far ahead of itself they don't care about the playoff rankings that you know that which i sincerely believe at this point they do not care about what the playoff you know why they don't right now because they don't have a loss no yeah i mean if they take care of business they're in yep and it doesn't matter there's no doubt you know whether you're first second third or fourth they're going to be somewhere in that final four if they win out so it's all about taking care of business it's all about that next play it's all about uh illinois a team that couldn't stop at times, Iowa on Saturday. Northwestern. Huh? You said Illinois. I, I, Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> Northwestern. I get those two mixed up. Which one's Chicago's team? Well, one is at the top of the <laughs> Big Chicago's Ten West, team? and the other one is at the bottom of yeah, the Big yeah, Ten West. Yeah, Northwestern, a team that times had a hard time stopping Iowa's offense on Saturday, Yeah, much less generating their own. You're exactly right. But uh, the keep on keeping on is what this is all about. And, and here's the thing about JT Tumo. I wrote about him, obviously, earlier this week at LettermanRoad.com. Uh, but past that, you and I aren't surprised uh, about his athletic ability. This guy had dreams of playing basketball here, too. Yeah. I mean, he's that kind of athlete. The, the way he jumped up and grabbed that pass out of midair. You know, that's like him being in the middle of the, in the, middle of the paint, you know, and intercepting a pass on a basketball field. Uh, the way he slow played uh, that, that one uh, screen to the left and then tipped it, the, the first big play he made, you know, that went to – Marvin Harrison Jr. That's about blocking a pass, you know, uh, as a power forward or something. I mean, everything translates here. His his quickness and the quickness, as you pointed out, almost cornerback-like quickness to come off of his set in that drop back on that zone coverage and come forward and make that diving interception. And it was a great play. Yeah, getting on the ball, getting on the floor, getting a loose ball like a, like a basketball. I mean, Ohio so State versus Chaminade tonight. It all translates, but but what's been added? You're exactly right. And I wrote about this. What's been added is a year under Mickey Moratti. And now he's like, he is truly a football 
looking player out there with still those other skills, you know, and uh, I, he, he's, it, you know, that wasn't the iceberg. That was the tip of the iceberg as far as what we saw on Saturday. It doesn't mean you, you come up with four or five ridiculous plays every week, but he is a factor now. I'm, Matt Wilhelm and I talk about that on my podcast this week. He is a factor now that other def- that other offense that opposing offenses have to take into account along with uh, Tommy Eichenberg and Mike Hall and Steel Chambers. You've got to have this guy in mind on almost any play you design. Ohio State versus Chaminade tonight in the Schottenstein Center for the first exhibition game of the year. We'll plug that while we're talking about JT to Imolol. Dovetail there. But potentially, you know, could have played basketball if they're his team. Chris Holtman did offer him a scholarship. Maybe maybe he'll have to make the jog over to to the shot tonight. Uh, for, for that exhibition matchup. I can in, see in him playing basketball, but that's just me. I would assume he does it here in the building, Tim, because they've got a basketball floor here. It's yeah. incredible, though, when you look at his athleticism and then you look at Zach Harrison's athleticism when he tracks down Sean Clifford on that third and eight as JT Tuomolo actually walks on the practice field now uh, here in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Uh, it's crazy to look at the athleticism of Jack Sawyer, who's a glorified linebacker defensive end hybrid only is deployed in certain situations zach harrison like i said tracking down sean clifford who's a pretty mobile guy on a third and eight and using those massive pterodactyl arms to grab a hold of him and keep him short of the sticks yeah jt to him all out the athleticism speaks for itself watch the watch the film tommy eichenberg and steel chambers then you factor in mike hall at his size being able to move the way he does tyleek williams with that sudden burst off the line of scrimmage you see that from teron vincent i think tim what i'm saying is this right now, what we're seeing from this team is what separates the great college football teams right now from the elite college football teams right now. Mm-hmm. The guys at Georgia in those trenches, the guys at Alabama, the guys even like Tennessee right now, the guys at Ohio State up front, like Aiden Hutchinson last year that made Michigan what it was. If you have those kind of freaks on the defensive line, and they are freaks, that's what separates you. Yeah. And that's what Ohio State has right now with JT Tuimoloa, with Zach Harrison, with Jack Sawyer and those defensive tackles. It's it's astounding what they've done. Yeah. And uh, you know, they're coached by one of the great coaches of that position, of that of that genre that's ever been in Larry Johnson. And, you know, guys need to mature at their own rates, but just as outstanding as JT Tuimoloa played on Saturday. Tyleek Williams had a, his own coming out party for this season. Whatever happened to Tyleek Williams? Well, what happened to him? He made, as, as JT pointed out when I asked him about him, he made three plays that maybe hardly anyone gave much shrift to based on the glare that was coming off of JT to him all eyes. <laughs> but oh my goodness, I mean, that tackle, that sack, or, you know, on that fourth down play. And then, and then of course, I brought up with uh, Jim Knowles, you know, two of, two of Penn State's four touchdowns came on basically blown opportunities for Ohio State, you know, to make the play. Yeah. And uh, you had two guys on top of that receiver, was it Parker Washington, who caught the ball in the flat, you know, out in the left flat, and in turn, and two guys missed him, and he went to the house on They actually ran into each other for the most part. And, of course, Tommy Eichenberg went at fourth and goal uh, there in what was the fourth quarter where he has the, the ball carrier in Ketron the back. Allen, yeah. Yeah, and, and Ketron Allen kind of runs through the tackle attempt. And I asked him, because I'm going to write about this week, you know, you there are things you can clean up. He said, you know, there's always still a reason to go out and practice, and those are two of the reasons. Those are two of their four touchdowns, you know, that were should have been stopped, had, had people there to stop them. But I remember this uh, former defensive coordinator here by the name of Gary Blackney, and I've used this quote before on this thing several times, but he said, you know, 
A coach's job is not to get a player in position to make a play, meaning defensively, is to coach him to make the play. Yeah. And of course, you know that uh, that uh, uh, Jim Knowles and his group are going to like enforce that part of the tenant uh, uh, this week and stuff because you can't go back and replay a play, but you can go back and re re replay in your mind what went wrong there, and this is physically, technically what you did what you did wrong. You know, don't do it because. All those players know what happened on the yeah. play. Now this is how you fix it. Tim, aside from the defense, which we, we, we're going to continue to talk about because it was the story on Saturday, uh, Ohio State's got a pretty good offense uh, to work with as well. Marvin Harrison Jr. is out here catching passes. I know you're all stunned. I think the whole group was out there a while ago. Maybe they still are. Yeah, no, it's just Marvin Harrison and Reese Stockstill and a few other guys. I think Buka I... was out there earlier, but go ahead. These guys work really hard, Tim. Brian Hartline was talking about the work ethic of those guys, uh, being able to point at your peers and say, look at that guy, how he works, go do that. Um, this offense is interesting, Tim. The wide receivers are obviously cooking right now. Uh, CJ Stroud was able to cook in the fourth quarter. What's not cooking very efficiently, I guess, maybe it just looks a little wonky, the running game. And for Trayvon Henderson to get going in the fourth quarter is huge for the confidence of this unit. But there are some things that need cleaned up in the running game how to pinpoint those exactly that's why ryan day is paid nine million dollars a year that's why kevin wilson makes his seven figures and that's why a lot of those guys in the room are well paid to be able to to get those guys ready to do it and then those the guys in the building have those nil deals and are division one athletes because they can do it now it's just time to go be able to execute in the running game northwestern presents ohio state with a great opportunity to do so um, and I'm not taking any credit away from what Penn State did against Ohio State's running game, but there is something that might not need to change for Ohio State, but could be tweaked to get this running game going a little better. What is it? Well, I, like I said, that's for no. Them. I'm asking. I'm asking you. I mean, you know, you heard, you you asked Ryan Day that question, kind of give people a little bit of insight of what he said. I mean, yeah. He, you know, he he took a little bit of umbrage that the the pistol is necessarily a uh, when they lap in the pistol. That it's necessarily a tip off of what's coming. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, and because uh, he what the, he said they lined up in it. Well, four, here's five, five times, and they were they were successful four in his mind, or six times were successful five. I don't remember the exact number, uh, meaning they got out of it kind of what they were expecting, uh, right on down the line. And just like we were talking about a while ago about those two those two defensive plays, which accounted for two of the touchdowns of uh, Penn State's four touchdowns. You can have one guy miss a block, or you can have a running back. You know, all of a sudden, that defender, like I said on, on our earlier podcast with you, you can have a, a, a defender who's not snookered, and he's standing exactly where he's supposed to be. And that's when your running back has to make a play, you know? Yep. And that happened a couple times on Saturday. And that's where, you know, Travion and the running backs have to, like, uh, not take ownership of, but use some of that little magic that they've got to then still get positive yardage or big time positive yardage. And there are all kinds of things that can be fixed. There's, you're gonna, you're on any play, it's difficult to block. Everybody you're supposed to get blocked. Basically from one play to the next, but on, but on a consistent basis, it's it's difficult to run that gamut. And uh, uh, I, you know that's what they're gonna be working on though, is trying to get to that excellence uh, in that regard. So what I asked Ryan Dave, and I, thought that the wording was was fine i said ryan you guys well, don't ever were feel bad about a question no I, I know but i'm i said ryan you guys were uh in the pistol and under center 100 percent of the time you were in those two formations you ran the ball how do you balance doing what you do and doing it well with not tipping your hand on what you're doing and he said well 
four out of the five plays we were in pistol were efficient runs. So maybe we just should have ran the ball out of the pistol more. And then he had that, yeah. that little bit of a smile that was like, well, you know, that's your answer for you. And so then he was pressed by a couple others about, you know, formations, tipping hands and stuff. That is a thing, Tim. And he can, you know, it can be remedied if they come out on the first play against Northwestern in the pistol, play action, throw a bomb over the top, and then, you know, shove that in your tendencies. What's, what's, but yeah. what I'm saying is, you know, if you're in those two formations and 100% of the time in the game you run the ball, that is showing a tendency. And so it, I thought it was worth the question. I thought it was just worth to, it to get Ryan Day's insight and see what he had to say about it. I'm not going to apologize for what I asked. Uh, and I thought Ryan Day's answer was just as fair as the question that I did ask. And yeah. so well, no, that you get a little need big confrontation. Here. Let's, yeah. don't, let's don't misportray no, yeah. that. But here's the point. Uh, what, what, what's, what was one of the things he wanted to get fixed on this offense going into this season? You bring in Justin Fry, the new offensive line coach from UCLA. I think his offensive line is playing extremely well. I mean, pass pro, who would you take oh, over yeah. this offensive line right now? You might Tennessee, you might could maybe swap them out. Who knows? Uh, but the bottom line is playing extremely well. But, but what, what's that line you kept hearing? We want to be able to run the ball when the other team knows we're about to run the ball. Yep. You know, that's a, that's what every offense strives for. Uh, and there have been times the last two weeks when that hasn't been the case. But those two defensive front sevens were pretty damn good, too. Yeah. I mean, and like I said about being uh, – and what's funny is Penn State's defensive front seven played the run a hell of a lot better than Penn State's secondary in the back – what do you want to call it? The back seven – once, once you know, pass play is declared, played the pass. Yeah. And that's what everybody was concerned about. And even Ohio State, I mean, they saw a talented defensive secondary they were going to be facing going into that game. But they, when they finally cranked up the downfield passing game, not those, I'm not going to call them stupid, but I do not like those wide screens. I, I mean, I think they're hit or miss uh, and a lot more miss and hit. Uh, we, you know, I'm talking about against better defenses because you got quick guys reacting quickly, uh, just like running wide. You got quick guys reacting quickly. Uh, that's what I will have changed about their game plan from the get-go on Saturday, if you could let me write it. But, uh, but the bottom line is they got after it uh, with that passing game, and there's nothing, there's, there's hardly anything more beautiful in college football right now than Ohio State, C.J. Stroud in the shotgun, <laughs> maybe sometimes at pistol depth in the shotgun, throwing the ball down the field to Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka, and Julian Fleming, and Kate Stover. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like if you don't get to the quarterback, somebody's going to get a nice, juicy steak thrown their way. Yeah, I agree. Stover and meats. Try it. <laughs> That's a good plug for Kate Stover. Stover beef. I believe Stover Kate Stover, beef, I, I believe Kate Stover's got some T-shirts for sale from Stover Farms right now on, on his Twitter page, too. So... Uh, you know, Kate is cashing in on on the opportunities that he's been afforded by being I'm good at football. I'm about him later in the week. I think I tipped that off a little bit, but maybe just a little bit, Tim. But I mean, uh, but the bottom line is, uh, I think he's he's been as big a surprise as anybody because in June, no, nothing was. He's going to go to tight end. He's going to play full time at tight end. Blah blah blah. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, is he going to be part of that mix of like? I well, mean, this Tim. guy, this guy, you could make an argument. This guy is as valuable a tight end as any tight end in the country right now to their offense other than one brock, than, brock bowers at georgia he's the he's okay. he is their weapon but they got a couple of guys down there you know that kind of scare you a little bit yeah you're right but <laughs> that's why you want to see that matchup but that's another story for another day maybe december the 10th or something let's we can hope because that would be a very fun matchup to cover 
you know what might be a fun matchup to cover, Tim? I can't believe I'm going to say this, trying to say it with a straight face. Ohio State Northwestern on Saturday I figured we'd at get to noon. that uh, late in the week. Yeah, Ohio State Northwestern Saturday at noon in Evanston at Ryan Field. Uh, 11 a.m. local time if you're in the Chicago metro area. Tim and I will both be there. It'll be a lot of fun to be there and and, uh, and take in the city for a couple days and also uh, cover some football. So this is a practice report presented by Byers Auto. A lot to cover from Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, and Brian Hartline. Again, that's Tim May, the 40-year veteran. I am Jess Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Want, want, do you want more of our coverage? Go check it out. LettermanRoad.com, $1 for an entire year. $1? That, is that all? Tim, that, that actually gets you access to the Michigan game. Uh, Big Ten Championship, potentially. The run uh, through the playoffs. The run through the playoff or bowl assignment wherever Ohio State may land. Spring practice in through the Notre Dame game next year, training camp, and then up through October and get you right up until next November. And it gets you into on three, right? I mean, absolutely, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, the, the, the whole like network. NIL valuations, everything that they follow there, it just, get, it, in my opinion, it keeps getting deeper and better uh, from on three. And, you know, it, I think that's a hell of a deal, a dollar. I mean, that's a Merry Christmas for somebody. Or a Happy Thanksgiving, however you want to dole out that that gift of uh, $1 for an entire day. year. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day, $1 for an entire year, Letterman Row. Uh, go check it out. We're, we're here all year round covering Ohio State. For Tim, I'm Spencer from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Thanks for watching. We'll see you back in here on Wednesday night for another practice report presented by Byers Auto.